0: Good morning to you all. At our Global Leadership Summit this week, we learned we have to use hand motions, and I'm supposed to wave at you. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And uh, I have three points today. (laughs) Maybe I shouldn't use my hands too much. Well, I am very glad that you're here this morning. I really am. And uh, whether you're online or here live, uh, we know it's a privilege to be able to have you here with us. And my heart and my prayer is, and if you would heard us praying in the back, is that it's Jesus that shows up, not Anthony. It's Jesus that shows up, and not the worship team. And may your soul today just be overflowing with his presence. And uh, just wanted to uh, update you a little bit. We have a nominating committee, and one of the nominating committee things that they do is they nominate people for the elders board. We have three positions that are open this year. And we're kind of narrowing it down to we have basically three guys right now. I can't announce it, have to finalize one little thing first. But I wanted to be able to tell you that uh, even though the nominating committee will nominate three people, uh, congregational members, you have to be a member, two in good standing can nominate somebody also and uh, you just nominate them, make sure you have their permission, and you give it to me or somebody on the nominating committee, and uh, we just vet them. We make sure they're biblically qualified and stuff like that, so just so that you know those little alliance polity rules. In other words, they're just rules that we try to follow. And uh, so today, (laughs) I was thinking we've had enough of being all stressed out and everything, so I thought we'd talk about death Okay, death does come into the whole sermon, but hopefully in the end, it's a little more encouraging than that. Uh, Because that really, uh, whether we like it or not, it's kind of in the back of our minds. Although it isn't the number one fear people have. The number one fear is speaking in public, and death is number two. And if you haven't heard me say it before, in other words, people would rather die before they speak in public, and uh, that's the truth. So anyway, um, nobody likes to speak in public apparently, and uh, sometimes it uh, can be a lot of fun. But it's so fun to walk with others on this faith journey as a pastor. Uh, And, (laughs) you know, being a leader, it doesn't matter where you're at, it can have its difficulties, but what, what makes me get up in the morning is to know that somebody has met Jesus. I've joked about a mask saying, you know, Jesus has the answers, ask me. And uh, that sounds like I know. And I thought, no, instead of that, Jesus has the answers, ask me how to meet Jesus. And uh, I love it when people are born again because I have not forgot my experience of being born again at seven, eight years old. I love it when people, followers of Jesus, when they bring their soul wounds, do you know what I mean by soul wounds? You know, those things that are just dark parts in our soul where it could be a lack of trust because we've had that abuse uh, physically or emotionally or sexually, whatever it is, uh, by somebody in authority over us, or it could be a soul wound as simple as claustrophobia. It could be a a soul wound that uh, uh, we, we just have a hard time receiving love from others for various reasons. And what I love what has caused me to get even more excited about the gospel, I personally have experienced soul wound healing even in the last couple of years. And I have seen others. And this excites me about being a pastor. This excites me about getting up in the morning. And I love, I love to see people born again. I love to see people with soul wounds who healed. And I love to see people die with joy. You probably weren't expecting that. Well, maybe you were. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, may your presence and power be here. And I love, as Lance prayed, that, God, you would use me, that my heart would resonate with your heart today, and that people would feel and sense your presence that this Jesus, who you are my friend, you are the one that heals, you're the one that restores, you're the one that resurrected, and you invite us into resurrection, oh God, would you be here with us today, open up our minds, in Jesus Christ's name I pray, amen. So last week we looked at the whole idea of the hope of heaven, and that heaven is very real. And that whole concept, if you remember as we went through the text, about how this earth will be destroyed and that those who are not followers of Christ, unfortunately, evil is gonna be vanquished and there's gonna be a new heaven and an earth, a new earth, and that should call us to a different lifestyle, a different way of living. And today, like I said, I want to look at the topic of death, but but more about death and resurrection. I want you to start by turning in your Bibles to Luke chapter 23 because, of course, the Word of God is where all truth comes and flows from. So Luke 23, 40. And I want to set up a bit of the background. So this text in chapter 23, if most Bibles will say this is the crucifixion of Jesus. And when you get down to verse 23, what's happened is Jesus is hanging on the cross and the text begins to talk about the person on his right and the person on his left. And the text is clear that these are two criminals. And I can tell you that being bedfellows, in other words, they're in the same boat, they're all about to die. And I want you to understand as we jump into the conversation that these three people were very aware that their time was short. I mean, we love to fool ourselves, eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die, or, or we just live like there is no death coming. But these three really knew it. So let's listen in on the conversation, starting in verse 39. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him, now this is at Jesus, listen to the insult. Aren't you the Messiah, he says mockingly, save yourselves and us. Right to the death. Defy it right to the death. Do you know anybody like that? I hope when you're looking in the mirror, it's not you. Defy it right to death, but listen to this. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he says, since you are under the same sentence? In other words, hey, we're about to die. Don't you know what's about to happen? Verse 41, we are punished justly for we are getting what our deeds deserve, but this man has done nothing wrong. Now, I don't know how this thief recognized the deity and the presence of holiness in front of him, but he did. Verse 42, then he said, turning to Jesus, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom, I want you to understand that when he said that statement, he was declaring his belief and faith in the Messiah that hung there. And we often will get into these uh, kind of formulas and telling people how they need to be born again. And I I use formulas and how you can become a Christian, you know, how you repent and believe and confess and all that kind of stuff. But the bottom line, what's important when you come to Jesus, like in this guy's case, he recognized who Jesus was, and he said, I need you. Would you help me? Jesus answered him, Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Simple application that we can get out of this. Jesus has the answers, he is the Messiah and if you believe in him, when you die, you're going to be in paradise, you're going to be in heaven. Please note and pay attention to those two very important things. We are so independent as people. Uh, we don't need anybody i mean that's really go back to genesis the fall of adam and eve the fall of mankind and it was all about what i want what i need what i think's best i am boss i am god and nobody will tell me what to do sound familiar maybe the first thief's comments describe you Perhaps you want to be the second criminal who admits, I am a sinner, or I've paid the debt penalty for my crime, and you want Jesus. And you want him to be with you. I want to tell you midway through the sermon that it's never too late for anybody. Jesus wants to save you. He does not wish that any should perish, but all to come to a saving knowledge of the one and only son, Jesus. Friends, death is coming. And it's really clear here that when you die, if you believe in him, you will go straight to heaven. Now, this is where it's really interesting because if you didn't know, there's lots of theories on what happens when you die. And it's taken from this scripture and that scripture, but I'm going to take it straight up that say, whatever your position, whether you believe in soul sleep or whether you believe that, you know, you won't have any consciousness spiritually until you meet your body in there, whatever it is, the bottom line is when you die, from your perspective, when you close your eyes, when you breathe your last breath, you are going to be in paradise. You're going to be in heaven. That's what's going to happen. Now, there's 101 stories out there. My own uncle, as he's breathing his last breath, he cried out, do you see it? It's beautiful. The angels, are singing. And he stopped living. When you die, from your perspective, you're going to be in glory. Now, there's all sorts of theology, but I just want you to keep that in thought as Jesus on the cross described that to the guy right next to him. But here's the thing. We have an immediate in heaven statement and yet this guy's body obviously was put in the ground as Jesus was. So I want you to turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 35, and we start to see a little bit of the truth unfold, so to speak. 1 Corinthians 15, now this is a wonderful chapter about death and resurrection and all that kind of stuff. We jump in in verse 35 and it says, but someone will ask... How are the dead raised? With what kind of body will they come? Now, I mean, I'm sure in the minds of the people thinking this, they're thinking about, well, you know, if somebody died 3,000 years ago, it's basically just dust left. But listen to this. Verse 36, how foolish. What you sow does not come to life unless it dies. When you sow, you do not plant the body that will be, but just a little seed, perhaps of wheat or something else. And if you have done any scientific biology research at all, you understand that, you know, even at the beginning of life, there's just little elements that go into the ground. And I believe when we die, even if all that's left is one little speck, at the resurrection, at the trumpet call, The dead in Christ will come. Your body will be reborn. And I am so excited because I won't have all my plane crash and motorcycle injuries. I won't have arthritis anymore. I won't have a body that's getting old and a bladder that has to get up in the middle of the night. I'm looking forward to my resurrection body. Are you? It's exciting. Now, if you're young and spry and fit, I'm jealous of you. You don't know that which I talk, but it'll come. Just give it time. Jump to verse 44. Speaking of this body, it is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. Now jump down to verse 50. I declare to you, brothers and sisters, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Listen. Listen. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. In a flash, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. And yeah, we're talking about death today. But more important, we're talking about resurrection. And our master, our, our servant, our, our savior, Jesus Christ, he showed us it could happen. He showed us it will happen. He died and laid in the tomb, and on the third day, he was resurrected. Death is coming, but it's opportunity. My daughter uh, ordered a butterfly kit. Has anybody ever ordered one? I'd never heard of this before. So I asked her, so what came in this butterfly kit? Did a beautiful butterfly come? You can probably guess the answer, nope. Guess what came? Anybody? It was a caterpillar. <laughs> she got two of them, because she ordered two kits. Came with a little kind of cage, and uh, they had to feed this caterpillar leaves and different grasses and different things. And and honestly, the little caterpillar was a little bit ugly and slimy and gross, and. But her girls, being that they are, they love to pick these little things up and play with them, and they'd always be asking, Mommy, when's a beautiful butterfly coming? (laughs) And then one morning, they didn't see it happen, but one morning they got up, and both of these little ugly, little worm-looking things were in cocoons. I mean, they were in the grave, they were dead, they were gone, and the girls were going, where's my little wee caterpillar? And mommy said, just wait. And I, I asked her actually just this morning, I said, how many days did you have to wait? Now, in Jesus' case, it was three days. And in some of the saints' cases, a few thousand years. But in a week to 10 days, my daughter said, one day they got up and out of the cocoon comes a wing and new antenna and another wing with beautiful colors. And the butterfly began to stretch and her girls were saying well how did that come out of that ugly little caterpillar and I love how God puts illustrations in society about what our life's going to be how our seed is going to be put into the ground and and one day that little seed as little as might be left is going to be resurrected this is exciting this is unbelievable and we need as followers of Christ to understand this and it hopefully will motivate us And death is coming, but it shouldn't scare us. Death no longer has a sting, as this text keeps on and says. But death is an opportunity to be changed. Death is coming. But friends, wait for the butterfly. Wait for the butterfly. So how does this new body thing happen? One more passage to turn to. 1 Thessalonians chapter four, verse 13. And by the way, this is not even close to being exhaustive when the scriptures talk about heaven. Because within the scriptures, Jesus even talks and tells a parable of a rich man who goes to heaven. And he says, uh, I want to go back and warn my brothers and sisters. And as Jesus tells the story, he said, even if you were to rise from the dead, they wouldn't believe you know, it really is about our hearts. Even for a lot of people, you can give them a miracle. God could literally stand before them and their unbelieving heart wouldn't believe. That, that sort of thief on the cross attitude that mocks. Come on, save yourself. First Thessalonians chapter four, verse 13. Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who fall, about those who sleep in death. There's so much imagery there, and, and I love how the text uses the word sleep. You know, that's why some theologians call what happens before uh, you get your body a soul sleep. So that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind. Now, listen to this it didn't say that you shouldn't grieve. My wife just buried her dad four weeks ago. It was devastating, it was sad. My wife is still in deep sorrow. It doesn't say you shouldn't grieve, but she doesn't grieve like the rest of the world. If you were to hear my wife's words, she talks about her dad, 95-year-old dad who, whose heart was gotten so weak, she, he no longer had blood flow to his brain, he couldn't remember anything, and she now knows that in the spirit she, he is dancing with the Lord and, and likely has lots of questions because that's his personality. But we do not want you to be uninformed about those who fall to sleep in death, so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe, now listen to this, for we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's word, we tell you, that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God. The other night, when we had that really wicked storm that just went on and on and on, I started to get scared, and I just said to God, Give me something. And all of a sudden, God gave me this image of the archangel and the trumpet blasting. And, and I actually started getting a little bit nervous and excited in bed. And I was thinking, oh man, are, are, like I was, if I was at a graveyard, would I see graves starting to rise up? After that, we who are still alive and left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Listen to this. Therefore... Encourage one another with these words. So, reconciling Jesus saying to the thief, This day you will be with me in paradise, and reconciling it with this idea and this thought that the seed has to go in the ground and be resurrected. Theologians, the best we can explain is that your spirit is in glory, whether there's soul sleep and stuff, doesn't matter. But to you, when you die, you're going to be in heaven, and it's not going to be long after that, you'll be reunited with your resurrected spiritual body. When we die, our spirit enters heaven, waiting the day when we are reunited with our body. And as I said, there's lots of other biblical, theological stuff, and I challenge you to go even look, look at the Old Testament. The Old Testament, by the way, uh, uses a word like sheol to describe uh, what hell is like. And Jesus is in his parable, talks about this place where there's a great divide between those who are of God and those who are not. And, and theologians look at all that and say, well, it's just, could be a holding place until Jesus resurrected or when Jesus came. And it's a wonderful study about all that stuff. But to suffice today, when you die, you're going to glory. And there will be a day when your new body will come popping up out of the ground. And those who are still alive at the time, when we go up after the dead in Christ rise, we are going to be changed in a twinkling of an eye. It's going to be exciting. And Christ's return, you need to know this. And this is where I'm gonna use a little bit of theological word, and I hate using big words because it doesn't mean I'm smart. I just happen to know this one word. The imminent return of Christ. Christ is going to return. And that should give us excitement and hope. So what gets me up in the morning is this story. What gets me up in the morning is knowing that God is here to be our friend and reconcile us and heal us, and we won't receive all that until glory, but we're in process now, amen? Amen. But for today, just understand, your body will die unless he returns before that happens. Your spirit goes to heaven, and then when Jesus returns, your body is resurrected. And let me just close with a little bit of a story or kind of a think along with me kind of thing. So think about, I want you all to think about your absolutely worst experience that you ever went through. Might have been an accident, death of a loved one. (laughs) Let's say, just follow with me, you lose your job. It's never happened to any of us in Grand Prairie, hey? And after you lose your job, your house burns down. And after your house burns down, they come and repossess your car. I just wanna say I believe death is gonna be a bit like that. But let's say someone came to you as you're sitting on the highway literally naked. You've had the worst of worst that could happen. People even have died around you. And this guy comes along and he says, I've got a brand new house for you. I've got a job for you. I've got a car for you. And let's say you know someone who has lost everything and you happen to know this guy who can come along and restore them. What would you do? What if I was to tell you this morning that in one month you could lose everything? What if I could tell you that you may even die soon? I want to say to you, death is coming, but I know a guy. Death is coming, but I know a guy. And I just want to end with one question in regards to this. Does your life reflect your eternal destiny? Are you willing to share the hope that you have, this kind of encourage one another with these words? Are you willing? And, and I, I thought this morning, I was sitting on the front pew, oh, I should have got it made. You know, Jesus is the answer. Come and ask me how to meet him. Something like that on a mask. We should get a whole bunch of them and sell them out, see how many are brave enough. And a lot of us won't be, even as I shared last week about D- Mr. Moody, Pastor Moody, and how he offended so many people, but millions came to Christ because of his willingness to offend. Are you scared of death? Well, let's be honest. None of us look forward to it. Would you like your job to be lost, your house to burn down, your car to be repossessed? But friends, I know a man, and so do you. Let's bow our heads and pray. Heavenly Father, death is coming. Oh, give us that illustration of that. Next time a storm rolls by, give us that that, that illustration of the clouds parting and the archangel declaring and the the trumpet blowing and the grays ripping open and, and we being caught up in the air. Oh, God, give us those images and may they carry us. And those of us who are going through grief, those of us who just feel like we've lost all hope because somebody very close to us, very dear to us, has passed away, O oh God speak to our soul, soothe and heal that grief, and help us to know the truth, and may the truth set us free, and may it put a smile on our lips, and it isn't that we won't still grieve, but oh God, we need this truth embedded in us, we need this truth to motivate us, we need your Holy Spirit to sear it into our consciences, we need to know the image of the butterfly, the the idea of a seed going in the ground, and, and coming out beautiful, and and changed and transformed and oh God we live in these tents that are slowly decaying but one day we will be changed in a twinkling of an eye oh God that which we are most fearful of instead of fear may it be seen as an opportunity and and God none of us are going to look forward to it I'm not going to kid that but, oh God, with the truth of the resurrection, the truth that Jesus Christ on the third day rose again, and he walked amongst us, and 500 plus people saw him, oh God, may we know the truth, and with the truth set us free. And maybe somebody's here this morning, and they have not yet. They've been more like the one thief, mocking, <laughs> not believing. And, and maybe they want to move over to the kind of heart and attitude of the second thief. Hey, I'm a sinner. I've done wrong. I, I deserve what's coming. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, would you, would you remember me? You, Son of God, would you remember me? May, may our souls call out to him and may some of us this morning be born again. And for some of us who need to be reminded about our born-again experience, oh, bring it to us in vivid color, Holy Spirit. Give us hope. Let us encourage one another. In Jesus Christ's name, I pray these things. Amen. Please stand with me. Now, the First Thessalonians 5.23 passage I always end with, even in this context... Even in this context, it should lift you up and, and cheer you up. And, and if you're going today and you're thinking, okay, it was kind of interesting, not sure if it really helped me, all this talk about death, it's all I can think about. <laughs> may your soul think about resurrection. May your lifestyle literally be changed. And may your attitude towards other people's be transformed because you know the hope and the belief that's in you. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 says, May God himself, the God of peace, may he sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't that gonna be beautiful, the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ? The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it, Amen. Go in peace.